Welcome in for another episode of the Vitamin C's podcast, proud part of the CLNS Media Network. I am your host, Tim Shields, and I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Wayne Breezy Brown. So we are post-game one, a tough loss, 123-116 at TD Garden uh, for the Celtics losing to the Miami Heat in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. Tough, tough loss. But again, it's the same issues. Monstrous third quarter by the Heat, 46 to 25 being outscored. Not a single timeout called by Joe Mazzulla during that entire third quarter before we really crack into things and vent and decompress. How are we doing otherwise today, Wayne? It's a tough, it's a tough day, right? It's a tough day. Um it's a tough day when you can't figure out why your team who clearly is the more talented team, wasn't the better team. And, um, you know, it's hard trying to explain that to everybody. So we're here, and I don't know if this is going to be much of an explaining session, uh, but we're going to vent. But listen, we're going to move on, and we're going to get to the next game. And I'm hoping that's what our our, our our boys can do. They just move on. Move forward, look past it, use this as a blueprint, and never look back. And uh, if they do that, they'll be just fine. Celtics will win the series. I'll, I'll put my my daggone house up saying mm-hmm. that the Celtics will win this series. The Celtics will win this series. I guarantee you they, they will win the series. And they should. I mean, so the way that I kind of looked at it, especially game one, obviously everyone's going to look at the third quarter. Joe Mazzulla saying, well, we won three, you know, three of the four quarters sounded verbatim what doc was saying in in that you know what i'm talking about with doc's post game presser for game seven where he's like well like on paper no it doesn't matter on paper because the reality was is you had one absolutely dog shit third quarter that sank you in this game and it was it's the defense it's the offense there's a little bit of everything here right so first things first they go for double big and they start out the game reasonably solid with it Robert Williams however not great on the night um finished with let's see what the final stat line for Rob was uh overall he had 14 points he was a plus minus of negative 14 six to six from the field two or three from the line seven rebounds a block and a turnover overall not terrible not great though and I don't I don't want to single out the plus minus because I don't think that's indicative of where it's at i think i think it really is that second half performance and i think that's really what sank him on the night but if it's not working you think that there's something that needs to change there you figured that they would probably make some kind of lineup change where you either see double bigs go away and you you have Tatum go to the four or maybe you get a guy like grant williams involved and and that's something i do want to touch upon but what what were your initial takeaways from this game that really, really stood out to you? I mean, my first initial takeaway was, why the hell is Pritchard playing? I, I couldn't figure it out. That was what I wanted to react to before we started recording. Oh, I was my, like, what's look, happening? I, 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 I didn't understand. It didn't make sense. It, 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 this is not a shot at him whatsoever. I know he's probably watching the podcast, but the lineup, the matchups, it just didn't make sense. And so you mean to tell me the only, the only rotational piece, the only additional piece on the bench was Pritchard, who gave you zero points on top of that and was a liability on defense? I mean, Butler was looking for that matchup. Like, 
Joe. Like, I get it. He's a nag defensively, but when you have a skilled set player, like at the as an all NBA, second all NBA team guy, all-star, and Jimmy Butler seeking out for that matchup, he's going to abuse it. Size matters. I know they say it doesn't size always matters. <laughs> when it comes and, to Jimmy Butler, yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> like at the end of the day, like he was looking for it, and man, you know. There was a period of time where the, the Celtics defense was on point and they were struggling to like get buckets. And then here comes Jimmy Butler looking for something so he can get going. And that once he gets going, it's a wrap. And on top of that, that pissed me off. Uh the thing that second thing that pissed me off was we said, do not let Kyle Lowry cook. I don't give a f- what he finished with. He came in and got them 14 points, and he was cooking. And it just seemed like he could get and create shots. Whenever he wanted a bucket, he got it. Yeah, Lowry uh, it was 15, 6-12, 3-5 from 3. They had a couple guys where, look, you go through their entire lineup, it, it, it's not like they had, like, three guys who each had like 25 plus points. It was like four or five or six guys who had 15 plus points. <laughs> Which like is worse. Everybody, everybody was doing everything. They actually went deeper into their rotation than the Celtics went into theirs. And the thing that bothered me the most with that was, you know, Kyle Lowry, six of 12. Caleb Martin, six of 11, three of seven from three. Gabe Vincent, four of six, three of five from three. Uh, Max Struess, six of 10, three of five from three. Kevin Love, three of four, two or three from three and a couple of those threes like he had one where he stepped in it was top of the key three and it's like why are you why are you not guarding these guys like you're you're looking at these matchups and it's just like you know what this guy's capable of right like you've you've done the film work you know this opponent why are you letting this guy of all people shoot threes and i will pull up in a little bit i'm gonna go ahead and have to dig a little but I'm, I'm gonna pull up the shooting charts because i want to see i i want to have a look at these open shots because i think this was something that burned them early in that philly series right and this was this was like one of the the, the key three things that we talked about was like hey jimmy butler's gonna get his don't overhelp. don't leave their shooters open you have to be ready to meet their shooters like you can't you can't sag off of a guy like max Struess or Kyle Lowry, or Kevin Love. like Those guys are going to hit their shots. You cannot depend on them missing in order to like win this game. You're just not going to... Teams shooting over 50% from three or 50% for the field, and you're playing bad defense, you're not doing what you need to offensively, you, you can't do that. And this is... I think that's where it gets frustrating because this is something that you know going into this. Miami has the shooters. And they didn't have a great regular season, but towards the end of the regular season and going into the playoffs, they were a much better shooting team. So what, what where's why, the disconnect? I don't know. And, and if I'm the coach, why does anything that happened in the regular season matter? How about we focus on what they've been doing in the playoffs and they knock out the Bucks, then they knock off the Red Hot Knicks, and now they're looking to knock out the Celtics, right? And so you have to say, well, what are they doing now without probably their third leading scorer, Tyler Hero? Right. What are they what are they doing? And and clearly they're running the game through their best player. I, I wonder, I, I wonder as much as I love our team, what would we be like if we played game seven basketball for the rest of the series? You just run it through your best player. Everybody is still going to get theirs. 
Tatum needs the ball in his hand because he's going to draw the attention. And when he draws the attention, he can make the right play. That doesn't mean a bucket. It means the right pass, the right look, the right assist. You name it. And I couldn't figure out for a whole quarter and three quarters, Tatum didn't get – he wasn't the ball handler. He was trying to play off ball and you were trying to get him shots. And it was just too late for that. Like, at this point, it's just like, dude, let trust him. I don't care about anybody else. Tatum has to be the key factor every night. And everything you get from everybody else, I'm sorry, is just to help. But Tatum, you, you got to utilize him. And this isn't even on him. I know he had three badass turnovers. Three straight turnovers back in the clutch. Back to back. You waited too long to bring him back Way in. Way too long. Way too what long. Like about two minutes. What is going on here? <laughs> this is your best play? Yeah. And I, if, if, you want to know why I'm frustrated? It's because he's. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It is frustrating. I think that's where like you you really look at some of these common sense things where it's like okay, like Joe, look, not calling a timeout in the third quarter when they're going on this massive run that just didn't make sense to me. Um, giving Pritchard any kind of run in this game at all, like, can you tell me besides like garbage time? When is the last time that Pritchard's actually seen like? any kind of extended minutes and what's the thought process there and what this really ties into for me. And I think this is one of those things that's like, it's staring you in the face and you know what this guy's capable of giving you part of my language on this, but where the fuck is Grant Williams? What, what did Grant do? I want to know exactly what Grant did or said or has done to deserve this. He got a DNP in a game where, Robert Williams was, by all accounts, like having some struggles here and there. And if the double big wasn't working for you or you wanted to run one center out there and you didn't want to sacrifice on the size department because, you know, they're running Kevin Love out there with Bam Adebayo. Like he gives you size and shooting, not a fantastic defender, but a savvy veteran who, if left open, will hit his shots. Why are you not putting Grant out there? This is a guy who was a key part of your rotation, was a key part of them making the finals. Like, without his efforts against the Bucks, you don't win that series. Like, you don't. And you saw him get a little bit of run in the Philly series. You saw him get a little bit more run in that Hawks series. But you're going to give Peyton Pritchard minutes, even if it's just 11, 12 minutes in a game like this. That is unserious coaching. And I don't know why they decided to do that. Like, it's not like, okay, yeah, you put in Sam Hauser. He's a catch and shoot guy, you know, similar to Max Struess in the fact that, like, he, he's going to be a knockdown shooter if you leave him wide open. And, and that's what Hauser kind of has worked his game into. Like, when they, when they got him in the fold, like, it was kind of the way of them making amends for letting Max Struess go. And I thought that they were turning to him. No, Pritchard gets run. For, for no visible reason, and nobody, I repeat, nobody in the post-game presser pushed him on, why the hell did Peyton get run here? What did Grant do? Did he did he run over the family dog? Did he, I don't know, did he like not say bless you when you sneezed? Like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I'm trying to find a reason as to why, man. And like, that's the most frustrating thing, because there's literally, there is zero reason to not give him run here. And... I'm just running out of patience with that stuff because you, you add up the timeouts, you add in the subs, you add in just these nonsensical decisions to just let stuff play out and the players are going to take ownership. Like they're going to take ownership. Yeah, Joe could have called the timeout, but that's on us. 
at what point does the coach just step in and do what he's supposed to do? Take like freaking accountability. Yo. Take accountability. You're complaining in postgame pressers when guys like Gary Washburn, who's been around forever, respected in the industry, is giving you a tough time or asking a hard question, or a question that makes you uncomfortable, you immediately get on the defensive and take zero ownership of the situation. Like, I understand you're a greenhorn, you're a new coach, but you've been in this environment for long enough to know that you need to take accountability. You are, as much as Jason Tatum is a leader on this team, and Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart, you are the coach. You are a leader. It, there is so much on this team that is going wrong, and it's down to coaching. It, I'm sorry, I'm going on a rant here, but like, Joe, I love you, buddy, but like, there are multiple things that you've continued to do game by game, and it's like, at what point do you look yourself in the mirror and take ownership, man? It's all type, it's time for, I, I know, I know we, we, we may be overreacting a little bit, and that's because we just don't feel like we should have lost this game. We, we feel like we shouldn't lose it. If the Celtics play Celtics basketball, they probably would never lose. Like, it's common sense. They moved the ball like crazy in the first half. Marcus Smart is making all these beautiful bounce pass assists and getting easy buckets at the rim. They outscored the team in the paint like one billion to zero, and I couldn't figure out why we stopped going away from that. Oh, I know. Eric Spolstra adjusted. They changed up how they wanted to defend the interior when it came to the basket, and they forced us to shoot which I know teams want to do because the Celtics, no matter how great of a shooting team we are, for some reason, our wide-open shots don't fall. For yeah. some reason, our wide-open shots don't seem to want to fall. Therefore, we got to result back to something. And I hate playing tick for tat. I hate going basket for basket. F that. If they get a three, you go back there and you get the best basket. Don't just come down there and shoot a three and you miss, and now they go on the run. That's a six-point swing. They it's lazy. three. It's lazy. The, I, it, the, 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 the style of the Celtics didn't make sense. I'm not trying to say that their energy was off because the energy was there in the first half. They went into halftime with a substantial, pretty cool lead, and they built on it. The lead got bigger. after, And then all of a sudden, there was an adjustment, and it wasn't from the Celtics. And I think the thing that frustrates me the most about Coach Missoula, and I know he was throwing clipboards on the sidelines and getting mad and angry. I don't care about that shit. How about you get your players and you figure out a way to adjust? It's called countering, and you figure out how to counter. And we talked about how Eric Spolstra was the one coach we didn't want to see. We knew Doc Rivers was going to fuck up. We knew he can't. He wasn't going to adjust. And we took advantage of that. Eric Spolstra is not Doc Rivers. He's been in Miami for a long time. He's a two-time champion. And guess what? He knows how to play. He knows how to coach. That's what it comes down to. And I'm not shooting our coach and throwing him under the bus. But damn it, when you don't take accountability, my guy, I don't know how to defend you anymore. It comes down to you coaching. Sometimes it's just the coaching. Yes, the players got to execute. I know we're going to get flack on that. Yeah, they got to execute, no doubt. They got to play defense. They got to score baskets. They got to slide off rotations. They got to rotate. They got to they gotta shed screens. They got to do everything right. They do, but the coach has to put them in the right positions to do so. And when you don't call a timeout after this team goes on a crazy run, it's a crazy run. We couldn't stop it. It's like a nosebleed, and you tried to plug it, and unfortunately, that cotton didn't work, or that tissue didn't work, and it's still bleeding. It's like, damn it, figure it out. How about you ice it out, and you find a way to put the ball in your best player's hand and find a way to get him going? Because that's so, what you were going to need to beat Jimmy Butler. 
Because Jimmy Butler, it's a trust thing, I guess. Maybe his coach just trusts him. Maybe the team trusts Jimmy Butler. And I'm not saying that they, the Celtics don't do that with Tatum. It's just that he just goes missing. He can. And I think part of that goes for creation. Like, okay, so we talked about Marcus Smart having 10 assists in the first half was crazy. That's a career high in the first half for him. And, and, and that's that was a stellar way to start the game. But offensively, like down the stretch, like you saw the third quarter, like everything. The, the one adjustment I will say is, and I don't know if this is a Celtics thing anymore. I mentioned this a little bit before we got on, but like the third quarter in particular against the Miami Heat for the Celtics, it, it's they come out with a completely different energy. And, and what happens is, is, I don't know how much of it is a rotation sting or who's coming out and playing. It, it's a matter of just the way that they answer in terms of energy. Miami comes out much more like reinvigorated and, and focused and, and dead set on doing what they have to do on the court. And I think like the Celtics don't match that. And I don't know how much of that Spolstra, but like that third quarter adjustment is really noticeable. The one thing I will say is they, the Celtics open up that third quarter uh, with a lineup with the double bigs. And it quickly went from a 5-0 run for the Celtics to a 13-1 run by the Miami Heat. Like pretty quickly. And then you saw them change up the lineup a little bit. Um, they took Al Horford out. It looks like they subbed. Yeah, they subbed Brogdon in. And then that lineup was a negative four in those minutes. Let up a 10-2 and two run. And then by the end of the quarter, they went to a lineup of Pritchard, Tatum, Horford, White, and Brogdon. That lineup for two minutes. And Let's see. Two minutes. Yeah, 231. 231 in the third quarter to the end of it. Um, they were a negative five and they let up an 11-4 run. So like you clearly, whatever was going on there was not working. Whether it was Rob being out there and going double bigs or then, okay, you're putting in Brogdon. Brogdon was actually getting attacked defensively. Him and Jalen Brown in particular were having a rough time on the defensive side of things. And it, it was very mind-boggling to see them kind of have those sort of struggles in a game where, you know, Brogdon actually was pretty solid offensively, and so was Jalen. But defensively is where, like, it really cost them because those were the two guys who ended up defending Butler a lot. And Butler was just getting whatever he needed to get. Um, are you, like, emotionally ready to, like, be hurt right now? Give it to me, baby. Okay. All right. All right. So... I went ahead and pulled up the shot chart because I was curious on how many of these three pointers um, were wide open or open. Now, keep in mind, Miami shot 16 of 31, so 51.6% from three. Celtics shot 10 of 29. So again, Celtics shooting under 33 is very weird. Also only hit 10 of them, so not great. But for Miami specifically, and this was something that we talked about, like you can't leave three-point shooters wide open. I don't know how much of this is creation or the Celtics just slacking off in defense. So, of wide open shots from three-point range, Miami took 12 mm. wide open shots. So, closest defender was six plus feet away. They hit eight of those. Damn. Open shots, which is a defender between four and six feet. 13 attempts, 8 makes. 
all of their three-pointers were either open or wide, wide open. open. All of them. Literally, all of their makes. All of their makes. Which is insane to That's me. Asinine. Insane. Like, it, what, uh, what are we doing? Okay, I, well, I, I saw what happened. <laughs> I, I saw a lot of double actions, a lot of double teams trying to... Like, F Jimmy Butler. One-on-one, <laughs> one, if he beats you, he fucking beats you. Because you know he's going to get it. He's going to get whatever he wants because he's just that kind of player. And, he and is. If, he, if you follow him, you follow him and you live with it, right? Yeah. But you know, I, I don't know. It's different when this is Joel Embiid because I feel like you bring that double on there. You're trying to disrupt that passing lane, right? It's a little yeah. different with Jimmy Butler. He's a little different type of vision. He's a little smaller, a lot quicker. He's going to get the Tougher. ball out. Tougher. It's just tougher mentally, too. <laughs> he's, he's tough, no, man. He is tougher. He's, he's way tough. tougher than Joel Embiid. He I'm sorry. He's he a is. dog, man. He is. He's a hooper. He, hooper he with is. a capital H, man. Listen, I, and I watched it, and they did it multiple times. And I'm like, hey, man, how about y'all just defend him one-on-one? -on -one? If he beats you, he beats you. And he was beating everybody. He was getting to his spots. How many times did you watch Jimmy Butler dribble a fucking ball around, get to that little... He like end. loop around, go underneath Bro, the hoop, and then get to the baseline and like get one of those little jumpers up. Man, and he was eating the pellets. He got a couple, couple of his own shots. He got off the offensive board and immediately put up a bucket. I'm like, guys, just rebound! Oh my god! Maybe they were stuck in awe. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, man. They got caught looking, right? You the, know. The, the good news is this, because I know we're 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 getting on them, and we should. Yeah. Like, but here's the good news: they lost by six points. Um, and there are definitely some things that they can do to adjust. That's why I keep saying that the Celtics will win the series. Yeah. Um, and because at, at storyline mode, how how much how better is it going to be when the Celtics lose again the game one? They lose home court advantage, okay, and then they go out and win in a seven game series. Like yeah. it's just gonna it's gonna resonate and it's gonna show how great Jason Tatum is because you know. That Tatum's going to give you a game. Just like I know Jimmy Butler's going to have one off game this series. I don't know when it is. It's probably the next game. He's going to have one off game. One terrible game where Jimmy Butler, we're going to defend him like crazy. He's not going to get those shots. And the rest of the team won't be able to overcompensate and help him out, right? It's going to yeah. be one of those games. Um, but whatever the Celtics need to do uh, to take the next game at home, they need to do so. And I guarantee you they'll come out with a much tougher game plan, a much tougher mentality. I felt like, I felt like they got bullied, which is they did. awkward to me. I bam out of bio in the beginning of the third quarter. It was just like, F you, I'll do it myself. And he was just getting to the rim. And then that was the bully. And then all of a sudden, here comes Butler. What's up, Spike? I got you, Spike. Here it comes, Spike. I can get these shots, too. And then they, we just got bullied. And I think when you get punched or suckered or whatever you want to call it, it's kind of hard to come back from. I think everybody was kind of, like, stuck. And that's the one thing that I feel like this. this there's two things that I wish the Celtics had that for some reason I don't know or, or that they, they – I don't know. It's grit. It's grit. It's those, mm -hmm. those type of players. The players that don't give a – if you punch them, they're going to punch you back. And if they get a technical, they out. Like, they don't the, PG, the PJ Tuckers of the, the world. The PJ Tuckers of the world. I, 
if I know people don't like Crowder, but give and I know he's nowhere near as what he was to the Celtics when he came. Weird. Give, it's weird, give me yeah. Crowder. Give me Morris. Those are the grit guys. That's what I thought Grant was, which is why like Grant was it's starting to try and well, Grant was trying to be that, and then he lets he lets the foul calls get to him. But like, if you're gonna have somebody on this roster be that kind of like physical enforcer, it's either gotta be Blake or it's gotta be Grant. They're right? not using Blake. And they're Why not, not using Blake. Well, I mean, they if you're gonna go to Blake, you gotta go to Grant first, in my well, opinion. Well, no, 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 no problem. But why can't those be two rotational pieces? You're playing against a tougher mentality team, right? Yeah. So why not let the I bad agree. boys play basketball? I want to see what the happens with the rotations for that too, because Miami's rotation's longer. It's a longer much rotation. Longer. It, was it doesn't make sense. Out. I, the I Celtics. Yeah. Couldn't figure it out. I could I can't we don't have the the shooters on on our rotation. Like we don't have that. I mean we have we have Hauser, but he's a catch and shoot guy. He's not a guy that's gonna just come in and, and, and try to create a shot like you watch some of their players do in that first in that game in game one. But if you're not gonna go to that, how about we beat these shooters up? Like how about we play them a little bit tougher out there on the block? There's one thing I know Grant Williams can do and he could defend the perimeter. And I yep. don't understand why we're not using that because that's what teams are doing. Imagine if they didn't shoot that well, this game was a blowout. Yeah, well, and I also think, like, even, okay, even looking at this, and this is something that I wanted to talk about because I noticed it during the game, and they flashed it on the screen at one point, but, so Miami went up with 533 left in the fourth quarter. They went up 114 to 105. They proceeded to knock at another point until the three-pointer hit by uh, Caleb Martin at the 210 mark. So they went up. Once to 117 at that point. Now, in that time, in that entire span, the Celtics managed to go from 105 to 110. In that entire time. That's and, a long time. It's a long time. It's a really long time. So, um, you know, Brown got a layup to make it 114 to 107 at 516. And in that time, you've got Tatum free throws. You've got a missed three-pointer by Brown. You've got a missed uh, three-pointer by Horford. Um, you've got Horford getting the rebound and then making a terrible, bad pass that Butler steals for this fifth steal. And then you've got, let's see, bad pass. That's the um, one from Tatum that he threw to Butler to make it six steals in the night. Then you've got Brogdon missing one of his two free throws. Then you've got Miami hitting that big three. That pretty much was the dagger. 117-110. You had a chance to actually cut it and tie it. You had this massive spot. They got defensive stops. And then they just proceeded to vomit all over themselves on the offensive end. Then you get the Tatum turnover for traveling. It's three turnovers in the quarter. Then you got or a uh, second turnover. Then you've got the third turnover a little bit later after that. Because you got a uh, Brogdon miss uh Brogdon miss layup. And then you get the Tatum turnover for traveling. So two straight travel calls going against you. And it I don't think it's a matter of speed. Tatum said he needed to play faster. I think he's talking about mentally. He needs to read the game faster. Because I don't think the pace was an issue. I think they panicked. And that's concerning to me only because like that's a mental edge. Yes. Brogdon said as much talking about like I think it's a mental thing. Like I don't think it's an execution thing. It's a mental thing. I think there's a mental edge that Miami has that this Celtics team still doesn't have. It's the same edge that almost cost them this series last year. It's why it went seven games, and it cost them the NBA Finals. So it's just like, you know, at what point do they learn? At what point do any of these guys learn, including Joe? Like, 
Joe needs to learn from this. He needs to be able to accept blame, and that that's same goes for the players. And I think that the players are doing their part. They're saying it's on us. We we should have come out with better energy. Brown saying, hey, it's Eastern Conference Finals, game one. How are we not coming out with energy? We came out too cool. Uh, I That's I lame. Just, that sucks, I, but like, I, damn, I'm, dude. I'm not going to – hey, that's, that's his take on it, but I disagree. I thought the energy was fine. I thought they were punching. It was a, it was a boxing match, right? And each team was throwing jabs, and then the Celtics hit him with a strong hook, right? And then you were like, "All right, coming out of the half, it's time to go for the haymaker or the uppercut," like you, right? And then yeah. we got haymakered, like, yep. I, and then that sucked the life out of us, and it was kind of hard to recover from, but we had every opportunity. <laughs> and when you talk about that time span where we just couldn't get a freaking bucket and and he couldn't score either, it was just like, dang, do we really want to win this game? Like, we need to take this ball. How bad that, do you want it? How bad do you want it? And that's the mentality part that you're talking about, right? Maybe that's where yeah. Tatum is coming in. But I thought the energy wasn't cool. I thought they came out very energetic. I don't know how much more energy they needed. But I thought they came out fired up. You can't tell me they didn't because Marcus Smart had 10 freaking assists and three, four of them joints was lobs at the basket. I mean, he was throwing some crazy lobs. That's why when we talk about Rob Williams, we're just like, dang, he was so good in the first half. He was wide open he was in the still second a half. He's a negative plus minus in the game. So it's like, help help it make sense to me. Like, where is it? Where is where are they getting punished on that? Is it just because Bam had a good night or is it, you know, just well, a matter well, of this it was, situation? It was the way that they were utilizing Bam because if you look at it, Bam wasn't taking it on Rob. Bam was looking for those mismatches. And then we just were, we were at points, we were just small and he was taking advantage and he was getting to the rim. And we were rebounding really good, right? Did we out-rebound this team? Well, I mean, lost by one in the rebound battle, but you but mentioned the first it before. Half, we out-rebounded yeah. them like crazy because we were getting offensive boards, defensive rebounds. Like, we were rebounding, and the next thing you know, like, everything just kind of went kaputz. And the Celtics are just a team that are looking to put you away, and I think they need to stop that. I think they need to figure out, like, if they get countered, how do we counter back? And that's the good old basketball is a game of runs. The thing is, you can't allow a team to go score 46 points on you, though. Like, that's a crazy run. Unless you score 45. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that, that, that's different. Now, it was 46 to 25, bro. That's disgusting. They got out-rebounded in that quarter, too. Uh, that badly. was just the worst quarter of their whole time, career. Yeah. Yeah. That that has to be the worst third quarter I've seen in a long time. Because it was just, it was a complete and utter collapse. I mean... Uh, Miami out-rebounded them 13-5 to on that quarter. A ton of them coming on the defensive boards. Celtics got zero offensive rebounds. They let up four. Uh, just, just not good. Let's see how many turnovers. Four turnovers in that quarter, five personal fouls. Yeah, Jalen um, Brown was turning the ball over, too. I, yeah. I need Jalen Brown to stop trying to do too much. I, yeah. would, I don't – listen, here, here let, me, let me explain because I know people are going to be like, <laughs> hold up. Now – I don't mind Jalen Brown being a primary point scorer uh, and trying to get to the rim. The thing is, it, his timing is off. And so he'll try to do it like when there's so much time left on the clock. How about we move the ball a couple of times? Jalen, if you get the ball at the end and you have no choice but to go in, do it. Jalen can finish around the rim. He's been he's getting better at drawing fouls. But that first, well, not the first turnover, but that one turnover where he like slipped again, uh, because I don't know if he blew a tire or if he actually slipped on the floor on a wet spot, but 
Like, you just saw, like, from there, like, Brown was just giving the ball back, and then Brogdon had a bad turnover, and then the, the turnovers at the end, I mean... They had 12 turnovers. Didn't uh, didn't Miami have 12 turnovers, if I'm not mistaken? I mean, Final count, yeah, they had 12 turnovers, but they had 12 steals. Celtics had 15 turnovers, 6 steals. See? I mean, that's the difference. And Jimmy Butler, I think when you play against Jimmy Butler, in my opinion, Tim, like all eyes should be on him and where he is on the court because he literally is just standing there waiting for you to mess up. And he yeah. always he's always in the right place at the right time, and there were there were times when I'm like, damn, like Jimmy, why are you even here? Your man is there, so why are you here? That's just basketball IQ. Hey, I know that they're gonna try to hold the ball. I know that they're gonna try to split these teams. We can get our hands in there, force a turnover. I'll be right there to intercept the pass. Crazy. Bada-bing, bada-bing. He was reading those, man. Like, they just might as well have just telegraphed him with, like, a bright neon sign. Like, hey, I'm going to toss the ball here if you guys pinch on defense. <laughs> and that's exact. He was just right there waiting to pick those passing lanes. And, like, Sorry. that's that's impressive, man. Jimmy Butler is a hell of a player. Um, that's the thing that really hurts in that regard. And I just think that overall, this is a game where you can learn a lot from. Like, I, looking Agreed. at the stats, it, it's one thing. Looking at how that team answered in the third quarter, I mean, that's where Max Struess did most of his damage. Max Struess was disgusting in that quarter. Five of eight, uh, I believe it was five of eight from the field. Uh, f- might have been three of four from three. So he got 13 points in that quarter, played the entire third quarter. Butler did the same, got 12 points. Open so like or wide open shots too. Want people to yeah, remember. I mean, they got, they have to be mostly either wide open or, you know, it's just after a certain point in time, like. Got to contest. You, you got to contest. Like the fact that there's open or wide open shots, all of them were makes. Like that's where all of their makes came from. It wasn't like a couple of them. All of those shots were either wide open or open. And. I don't know. There's only so many t- so many ways I can say that this team needs to be better, and I want to see them respond in game two, but that also requires them actually putting in the effort. And I think that's what it is, man. Um, communicate on defense especially. There's a couple times there was one play in transition where Jalen Brown collapsed to the paint on, it, I think it was a turnover, and he, he got out and running, and Tatum was waiting in the paint, but Jalen collapsed to the paint and left the ball wide open, and it's like you got to either protect the paint or stop the ball. And Brown wasn't looking behind him and mm. just collapsed the paint. So Tatum had to come out, make a late contest. And, of course, it was a wide-open three, which they hit. So it's just like those kind of plays, like that can't happen. There needs to be more communication there. But Tons of even, – <sighs> even from the rebounding perspective, I mean, Rob Williams gets a nice save from going out of bounds, and he tries some behind-the-back – Pass. I don't blame him for that too, right? Like I think that's I, I don't smart should have turned, but it's mm. but smart was looking to go out and run. Like like it's just a it's just commute. It's just <laughs> maybe not the behind the back pass. Maybe smart wouldn't have turned if he was just gonna toss it to him. He would have been right there. But smart was going this way. The ball went behind his back, and it's a turnover. And then it was a three. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that one was a that one was a layup. Unfortunately, a you're layup. talking about the one where Rob went, was o- yes. almost going out of bounds. Yeah. I think I think everybody just needs to like think slow a little down. bit faster and just slow the game down. And I think that's what it was. Is like Rob was rushing to just get the ball in. He didn't care about what happened after, and he just threw it to Kevin Love, who was just waiting there. He's like, "Thanks, 
boop, and just it like, just seems like their players were just in the right places at the mm-hmm. right times, and they got the easier baskets uh, toward the end of this game. And that's kind of like how it went. It's like the Celtics worked so hard, they built the lead, and then they didn't do anything to sustain it. They allowed the, the Heat to come back and take yep. over the game. And then from there, it was all uphill, right? It was all for them trying to get, you know, get the energy back, get the vibe back, get the, the momentum going back. And it's kind of tough in the playoffs once you lose it. At some point, it was like, are they moving on to the next game? And no, you know that they didn't. I mean, they, they battled out to the very end, and the game ended up being a six-point loss. But it shouldn't even have been that. And to put the cherry on the top before we get out of here, Celtics, you need to hit your mother freaking free throws because you missed that seven too. of them and you would have won by one. I'll leave it at that. I don't want to talk about that because like that's just salt in the wound after what you know. It's free throws. You can and they had a plus ten. Calls. They had a plus ten differential in that department too. They got ten more free throws than the Heat did. And granted, like you know, well, I I hate going to the free throw differential in terms of like sometimes guys foul and they don't get called for it. So I it's know. like you can't be like, oh, well, this team like got less free throws, and it's like maybe they just weren't getting fouled as much, and like just because another team got more free throws doesn't mean that like oh they got the benefit of the whistle. Like there could have been more calls that just weren't called. So, and I'm not bl- uh, and all I'm saying. All I said was they're hit freebies, the they're, free cookies. Yeah, they're cookies, they're cookies. Hit them, just hit them. <laughs> like I mean, and and I'm talking about like we got like. Like every player on our team, maybe minus Marcus Smart and Rob Williams are like over eighty <laughs> percent. You gotta hit the free throws, yeah. and you gotta hit them. And uh, they're cookies, like you said, freebies. All right. Well, with that, after this venting session, I feel a little bit better. Me too. A little bit more enlightened. A little bit yeah. angrier, but <laughs> well, angry is good because now you can take the angry frustration out. As long as you learn something, the, the, the key is. What did we learn from getting our butts whipped? And and the yep. crazy thing is they didn't get whipped, but it did seem like they were getting their butts whipped this game. Let's keep it a buck. I know it was yeah. a six-point loss. It seemed worse. But the, the, the key is what did they learn from it? And I think every Celtics player, every interview that I watched, they all just said, even Rob Williams just came out and said, but Jay King, it was just bad basketball. Yep. Just bad basketball. We knew that. We knew it was bad basketball. But how many – more times are you going to play bad basketball, especially in the third quarter? Um, at home. At home. And bad yeah. at home. Yeah. They'll With win the that. next one. They'll go on the road <laughs> and win, win one or two possibly. So we'll see what happens, man. I, like Kenny Smith said last night, it's a seven-game series. Yeah. And with that, we're going to wrap for today, I think. Um, this has been the Vitamin C's podcast, proud part of the CNS Media Network. Everybody, do some self-care today. Breathe a little bit, and uh, we'll catch you for game two. Hopefully a better outcome. Cheers. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and make every moment more on America's number one sportsbook. book.